Welcome to the Starsology Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Arwen O'Neill, and today I'm here with my friend Katya, and we are going to be talking about the Mars-Jupiter opposition, which is coming up on October 28th. Thanks for joining me, Katya. Hello. Thanks for having me back, Arwen. Well, okay, so this is interesting. Today, we're going to be talking about the opposition coming up on October 28th. But before we get into that, I just want to throw in a bunch of other stuff that's going on on October 28th, because it's a busy day in the universe. We've got a full moon in Taurus and a lunar eclipse. And also, right now, all of the major planets are in Earth and water signs which is just a weird, fascinating kind of thing that's happening. So a lot of those planets are in opposition, including, of course, the full moon. The full moon is opposite the sun. That's what makes it a full moon. And we've got this huge stellium <laughs> in, uh, in water and, uh, and a stellium in Earth. And a lot of them are opposed to each other. And that means we have rationality and emotion in opposition, which is an interesting thing for the, uh, the Halloween season. And yeah, it could either be beautiful or overwhelming, as my astro.com newsletter says. So that's something to look forward to. Whoa, what a traffic jam. Well, exactly. I mean, luckily, they're in the, the negative or feminine signs, which is a little bit less aggressive than the air and fire signs. So hopefully it won't be too conflicty, but there could be some, some emotion versus rationality conflicts, which is awkward, but not too bad. <laughs> Got it. So what we're talking about today is Mars and Jupiter. And last time we were here, the two of us talked about Mars. Mars and Pluto. Right, yeah. exactly. And those are kind of malefic planets. They're like more aggressive and, and definitely they can be kind of scary and volatile. Jupiter and Mars are, are quite a bit of a different energy. Like we oh. still have the, um, the aggression of Mars, but Jupiter is the planet of expansion. It's the planet of law. It, it was the king of the gods in, in Greek mythology. Jupiter was the godfather <laughs> of, of all the gods. And, and so we've got that sort of expansive quality. And when that comes together with Mars, let me just read this passage from our favorite Stephen Arroyo. He says that Jupiter transits to Mars are characterized by physical vitality being enhanced. There's a tendency toward impatience and temperamental displays. At best, he says, while Jupiter is expanding the Mars energy, one feels enlivened by a greater energy and inspired by a heightened feeling to take courage and to tackle new challenges and undertake new initiatives. Sex drive is often amped up to an intense level, he says. And excellent. all excellent, exactly. <laughs> all methods of self-assertion are enhanced, in, and this allows people to feel a sense of mastery and confidence. Sometimes too much mastery and confidence, and, and maybe it's not backed up by anything solid. So people often feel stronger and more ambitious, he says, but their craving for leadership can be enlarged to the point of risk-taking, and their craving for adventure can sometimes result in uh, overextending and, and taking you know risks that are too large and, and that they're not actually capable of uh, achieving the goal that they're setting for themselves. The, the goal is to, to take advantage of that, but also to, to be realistic. So last time we spoke about a Mars and Pluto square aspect. So is this opposition different or how is it different? Sure. Well, actually, they're both considered difficult aspects. So the, the square, like we talked about before, is kind of like when two cars come up to an intersection and one's going across traffic and the other's going the opposite direction. And they kind of have to, in lieu of having like a traffic signal, <laughs> they have to kind of make eye contact and determine which one is ha has the right of way. And otherwise, there, there can be a collision. With the opposition, it's almost more of a flowing aspect because 
both of the planets are kind of going in the same direction. They're facing each other. So they could just butt heads directly and just, you know, have a head-on collision completely, or they could exchange energies in a flowing kind of way because they can kind of just go right past each other and match each other in a way. Mm. So it's almost like the opposites attract thing where the one has what the other doesn't have. So this is a little bit... Oppositions are a little bit less difficult in some ways than squares. Squares are probably the most difficult and conflicting of the aspects because you're coming at cross purposes. And with the opposition, you can actually kind of, it's almost like a conjunction, but much more challenging. Oh, in what way? Well, let me just use this example. So we've got Mars and Jupiter. And Jupiter is obviously not a malefic. It's a, it's a, it's the biggest of the benefic planets. It's, it's the biggest of the planets, but it's mm-hmm. got this great expansive sort of positive jovial energy. And what I like to think of when I think of Jupiter, and this is a kind of funny example, but you know Tony Robbins, the um, the inf- uh, inspirational speaker, mm-hmm. he does these you know great like energetic speeches. He bounds around. He's got uh, he's a Pisces and he's got a lot of planets in Pisces. And so that's ruled by Jupiter. And when I think of Jupiter, I think of Tony Robbins. I think of how he <laughs> just bounds around. He just wants to make everybody's life better and bigger and mm. happy and using all of your talents and, you know, and, and just bringing all of this boundless energy and, and light mm. to, to the world. and Very kind of, energetic, exactly expansive. Expansive, yes. right. So, yeah. And, and also another person who had a lot of, uh, of Jupiter was um, Winston Churchill. So mm. just a big personality, like a lot of words, a lot of energy, a lot of um, charisma. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is Jupiter as like <laughs> personified, and then of course Mars. I mean, you just think of like the god of war, right? He's he's martial, he's energetic, and and so when you have those two in opposition, there could be sparks, but at the same time they could really use each other's energy for mm-hmm. positive. So here's what Robert Hand, who wrote this great book Planets in Transit, and I've read from this before, but it's like the Bible of transits. It's a great one. He says about Mars opposite Jupiter. This can be one of the so-called lucky transits, or it can be a time fraught with conflict. This transit represents the culmination of your efforts to expand the domain of your activities. So there's more and more that you want to do, and you resent anything that narrows your freedom and limits your scope of actions. That's Mars wanting to just go and do its thing and be expansive. The challenge of the transit is to be conscious of yourself and what you're doing so that you can plan intelligently and work effectively and with the enlightened self-interest as opposed to just pure selfishness. The negative side of this transit is manifested when you're not conscious of what you're doing. You may act towards others in a domineering, overbearing manner, which causes them to desert you when you may need their help later. And you may try to come on to others more strongly than just coming you know, to them as an ordinary human being, which will make them want to test your strength or just run away from you. So you can be too belligerent or too aggressive or too overbearing and cause rifts in relationships that will not help you later on. Mm-hmm. So he says, foolishly overestimating your abilities at this time can cause you to bite off more than you can chew. And if you do this on a physical level, you can exert yourself too much, exhaust your body, take foolish risks and cause accidents. And this also could happen on a more emotional or, or just a resource level as well. You can overspend, you can overinvest, you gamble too much. This is a really like Mars and and Jupiter are really an interesting thing when it comes to like gambling for some reason. Oh. Uh, I've I've seen this come up a lot. So if you do succeed, you can use this energy really well, but it's very easy to let it take over. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So it's like that um, acting on those feelings of uh, maintaining optimism and faith. You're like, will I win? Will I not? Yeah, and we'll see where that leads us. Exactly. Oftentimes, not it could 
lead us to a different spot than we, what we hoped for. Right, exactly. Just like you're betting at the table and you just let it ride like one too many times because you're like, I'm on a roll mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm on a, the winning streak. And then you, you kind of like forget like, okay, no, the house always wins. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to quit while you're ahead or, you know. So harder to exercise restraint. Yes. In particular. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where are Mars and Jupiter right now? Ah, yes. Good question. So Mars is actually in Scorpio. And as uh, Jupiter is a really like slow moving planet, it takes about 12 years to go through the entire zodiac. It spends about like like one year in each sign. So it's actually been in Taurus for a little while now. Uh, We did a previous episode on Jupiter in Taurus, which you can go and find on Spotify or on the Starsology website and hear all about that because it's a super fascinating uh, placement. And I'll read more about that in a bit. But first of all, let's just go into Mars and Scorpio. Mars is obviously, you know, it's about your aggression, your assertion in in your birth chart. It's about how you go after things that you want or people you want or how you express yourself athletically, how you go after work that you want. And as Alison Price puts it, it's what gets you off the couch. So when Mars is in Scorpio, uh, Mars in Scorpio asserts itself. Oh, and this is, of course, another quote here from Stephen Arroyo's chart interpretation handbook, which is always great for these little sound bites about all the different planet placements. So Mars in Scorpio asserts itself intensely, magnetically, passionately, and powerfully. Its physical energy and initiative are prompted by strong desires, compulsions, and challenges, and it's capable of great endurance. So this is compared to something like Mars in Aries, which is just... It's all about those, you know, quick bursts of fiery energy. And it's like the power lifter versus the endurance runner, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So Mars and Scorpio is like the, the endurance runner or or maybe <laughs> maybe the sniper, the sniper um, <laughs> who, you know, lies in wait and, and just, you know, carefully targets its opponent and uh, and then is like just perfect. It's about the need to share deep emotional closeness and to experience profound intensity in, in its activities. So maybe it would be attracted to, you know, martial arts. It would be target practice, anything like bow and arrow or or firearms i know a, a really good friend of mine is super into like collecting like old firearms and like going to the just shooting range and and he's canadian he's not american so that's it's interesting in, in the us it's ask. much more common but uh, but yeah he gets so excited about it and it's it's just about personal mastery for him he mm-hmm. he never would want to like you know hunt animals it's just about that actual just that practicing and getting increasing your score he also plays disc golf with us which is one of our little hobbies all of these hobbies i can really see an interesting thread he's also super into airplanes like we went to an air show and and he was super fascinated by like all the different types of planes and stuff so there's a really sort of an interesting martial quality to the to his interests but uh, but yeah it's all about like personal mastery I, that's a, just an example of mars and scorpio <laughs> what it looks like in yeah. like athletic achievement mm-hmm. but it says also the decisiveness and freedom of expression can be hindered by secretiveness and a need for self-protection which is a very scorpio kind of thing it's not the most ambitious of the mars placements it it can kind of thwart itself sometimes because it might not reveal enough about itself to really be a great team player but it can be used well and it can be a great self-protective mars some mars placements are more foolishly aggressive or you know self-aggrandizing like Mars and Leo can be more self-aggrandizing and achievement oriented whereas the mm-hmm. Mars and Scorpio is a little bit more cautious and self-protective. I see. Okay. Yeah. So that's where Mars is right now and Jupiter is in Taurus which we've talked about at length but I'll go into just a, a couple of little keywords here. It's about connecting and improving life through money, possessions and luxuries 
it can be overly materialistic and wasteful, but it's also about the communication with nature. And since it is one of these outer, it's not an outer planet, but it's one of the more slow moving planets. So typically it, it brings up things to do with the physical world, with crops, with food, with your basic needs and goods and materials and stuff like that. So it's interesting that Jupiter is in Taurus right now, where so is Uranus. And those two are going to come into conjunction in 2024. This is one of the big aspects that's happening in 2024. And we'll definitely talk about that more in the spring because that's going to be a huge one. And that's really bringing a lot of these supply chain issues, crop shortages, food scarcity, and all of these things into play. Mm. Yeah. So emotional swings are likelier as Mars wants immediate catharsis while Jupiter urges perspective and possibly long-term contentment. So it's like quite opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it for sure. Amazing. Yeah. So we talked about the upcoming transit, but what does it look like in someone's chart? Sure. So Mars and Jupiter, when they're like, I I actually have Mars square Jupiter in my chart. So that's something. Um, (laughs) But Mars opposite Jupiter. So this is an interesting one. Again, Stephen Arroyo has a book all about Jupiter. And one of the things that he says about any Jupiter combination uh, is that it can rival the sun for creativity, leadership, and the the will for power, especially when it's combined with Mars. He says these people are strong-willed. They're constantly striving to expand the scope of their activities and influence. They can be so physically restless that they require constant action. This is, again, like I'm picturing Tony Robbins here. Mm-hmm. And they can become easily discontented if they don't have an outlet for their assertive urges. This is true of worldly achievements as well as sexual expression, he says. Enthusiastically tackling all sorts of challenges comes naturally to them, and they rarely lack for self-confidence unless Mars is in a weak placement, he says, which I'm not sure if he would consider Mars in Scorpio to be a weak placement. I think more so that would be like Mars in Taurus like I have. Um, and I mean, just, you know, full disclosure, like how that probably plays out for me. And I have Jupiter in um, Aquarius in my third house. So in the third house, that's the house of communication. And Mars is in my seventh house. And yeah, I was just going to ask, check the houses that they occupy. What, yeah, what well, does that mean? Exactly. So Mars is in my seventh house, which means I, I tend to sort of, um, you know, and it's in Taurus. So Alison Price has has said that this is definitely to do with my partner of choice, who is a Scorpio, and Scorpio is ruled by Mars, and he's a very outgoing, positive, athletic, cheerful person. So in some ways, you could say that I kind of tend to outsource those qualities to my partner, Mm. or that I need somebody to sort of inspire and stimulate those things in me, because I'm not just generally going to run out and start my own business or start my own athletic pursuit. I I kind of have to be (laughs) dragged off the couch. (laughs) But once I'm dragged off the couch that momentum like I've got Mars and Taurus and it's it's about solid and continuous motion so once I'm pushed in a direction or or dragged off the couch into a direction then I'm like an unstoppable machine and I just keep going (laughs) so yeah and of course with Jupiter square Mars in my chart anyway that's Jupiter is in my, my house of communication and I am a writer and I do I have a podcast and I obviously like to chat. So I, I would say that I definitely use that as an activity. Any kind of communication is is a great activity. Oh, I love trivia. I love, you know, <laughs> any kind of games of, of trivia where mm-hmm. my mind is tested. That's a definite. Uh, it's one of the only things I'm competitive about <laughs> is trivia. On my phone, all the games are about words. Like I, I have the Scrabble words with friends game that I'm constantly playing. I definitely I do the, uh, the New York Times Wordle and connections. Oh, yeah. Super into like word games Mm -hmm. so yeah 
that's how it plays out in my chart. But here are some interesting, I looked up some celebrities because we always want celebrity examples. I was examples. for this. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love a celebrity yeah. example? Tell us more. There are tons, but I'm just going to go with like a handful of ones that hopefully everybody has heard of. And then I'm going to sum it up with like what I think this means. Quick little phrase. Um, so Mahatma Gandhi has Jupiter opposite Mars. Bruce Lee, Sigmund Freud, Friedrich Nietzsche, Jane Goodall, which is an awesome, if you just think about like... Who I've met. Uh, what? I know. How? Right. When? I was a child, but... No, I like, okay, no, yeah. we need to know about this. Well, <laughs> I, I'm put on the spot right now. I was at a, a conference, in, in a way, it was a talk. I was in school, and we went to this seminar, and she was speaking, oh and I couldn't God. believe it, and I couldn't actually tell how grandiose this moment was until of years course. later, because I was like, this person is old, and they know what they're talking about, yep. and they're beautiful in how they talk about it, but uh, I didn't really understand how momentous that occasion yeah. was until many years later, and I, and I wish I... Asked her more questions. Oh, well, yeah. But I, mean, I didn't at the time because I was so young and so naive, you know. But, but looking anyway, back, like, you yeah. met one of the elemental nature goddesses of our time. Oh, yes. Like, and I wish I would say that she changed my life in crazy ways, but maybe she has. And I haven't connected the dots yet. Right. So we'll, we'll see. I we'll mean, see. I think she's done enough for the world. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know if we need it in our own lives, per se. Like, just knowing that she is doing all that stuff is, yeah. you know, is good enough. It's like, absolutely amazing. Yeah, amazing. But anyway, anyway. sorry. So yeah, no, Jane. I mean, I mean, please. Yeah. If you've met any of these others, like yeah. interject. <laughs> Will do. Um, Richard Gere. Nope. <laughs> well known for his activism and uh, and his opinions and all that stuff. Brené Brown, self help guru and prolific writer, and notorious B.I.G. Which, interestingly, B.I.G. Like expansion uh jupiter anyone mm -hmm. queen latifah mm. and since cities they have their own charts because they have a date and a time of incorporation las vegas oh. <laughs> has this aspect which i find super I fascinating that. because yeah. what i'm calling this aspect of uh, mars opposite jupiter is go big or go home mm -hmm. and i think that really fits with all the people there and with las vegas certainly absolutely so mars is more of the inner conflict between acting on feelings in the moment but Jupiter is more about that optimism. It's like, yeah. let's gamble. Let's take a risk. Let's explore. Let's see what happens. Totally. Oh, yeah. Cool. And it, I mean, it represents a bunch more things because Jupiter is one of the, it was like back in the day, like the origins of astrology before we had outer planets, like they hadn't discovered Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto mm -hmm. or any of those asteroids yet. But Saturn was the farthest out that they could actually physically see. Mm -hmm. So Jupiter and Saturn were the outer planets in the old school astrology. And they had this sort of opposite relationship. Saturn was like re restriction and was kind of like the, the authoritarian dad where, where Jupiter was like the dad who takes you on adventures and buys you all the gifts and is like the, you know, the generous supportive dad who wants you to, to make the best of yourself mm. and that kind of thing. And then Saturn was like the dad who's like, don't stay late on a school night. And mm. you know, so you have to finish your homework or you're, you're going to be working at the gas station, that kind of dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, the disciplinarian dad. Mm-hmm. So, so still like quite a bit of duality between that, uh, like you know, holding the grudge versus the forgiveness versus the, I, I guess, anger versus 
generosity or reconciliation, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. And with these oppositions, especially since they're in Earth and water right now, like towards the end of October, it's not just Mars and Jupiter. We're going to have, obviously, the um, the full moon, which is the sun opposite the moon. And we have a lunar eclipse, which we've talked about in a different podcast. And a bunch of other signs are, are just this massive sort of opposition that's going on. Uh, so we are going to see a lot of emotion versus rationality, forgiveness versus kind of trying to barrel through and do it your own way. We've got Mars obviously being in Scorpio, so maybe we won't always know what other people's motives are because mm -hmm. there's this sort of hidden cunning sort of aspect to that placement mm -hmm. of Mars. And just to bring in the complication of obviously this is what's happening out there and how this affects you anyone listening in your uh, life is going to depend some, a lot on whether those placements actually touch anything in your chart. So just to give a couple of numbers, right now, Mars is going to be at 11 degrees Scorpio, and Jupiter is going to be at 11 degrees Taurus. So they're in exact opposition on October 28th. And you can probably think the effects will be felt maybe a couple days before and after that exact date of October 28th. But yeah, if you have anything at 11 degrees Scorpio, 11 degrees Taurus, or 11 degrees Leo or Aquarius, because those are going to be the square signs to that uh, opposition. So those will definitely get pulled into feeling that more than other people. If you have nothing in any of those, then you'll probably just sail through and you'll notice nothing and be like, what was all the big deal about? <laughs> Got it. Um, and can you remind us or enlighten us what's 11 degrees what is like oh, yeah. is it, like how do you how do you know this okay what so the, the the zodiac is 360 degrees total and then you've got 12 signs and they're divided into 360 so 360 there's like approximately 30 <laughs> degrees per sign planets all move through that in various speeds jupiter as i was saying takes a year to go through a particular sign so it's going to be in, in taurus for a year saturn takes like a two and a half years per sign uranus takes seven years um, neptune takes 12 years and then pluto takes between 12 and 30 something because it's like this hugely elliptical orbit incredible so, this is all in your mind that you're well, not those, even reading those are in my mind i'm just remembering <laughs> this stuff i mean before. yeah the, okay so um, those are in my mind for sure yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I stumbled a little bit over it. I, okay, so the, um, the, the actual numbers, though, like anyone can find out where all the planets are at any given time. You just go to your phone and say, where are all the planets right now? And it'll give you a list. I personally use astro.com for a lot of those things because they've got a, an, a, it's like a free ephemeris, which means it's the table of like where all the planets are at mm -hmm. any given time going back like thousands of years and going forward, like, I think it's from 4,000 4, BC to 4,000 AD or something. It's like a lot. So you can look up like the day you were born or any other date in the future or in the past of recorded history and find out where all the planets are. But there's also, if you're not like interested in looking at something that looks like a giant Excel spreadsheet with like little symbols in it, you can also just like write a search engine, like whatever day and say like astrological chart for this date, this time, this place, whatever. And you can see whatever the placements are and at the moment or at least coming up yeah you've got the compromise the moderation the patience all these opposites in a way uh with your with yourself and with others those yeah. are the things that we want to uh achieve or look for or yeah. strive for or endeavor to yeah, yeah it's just like a way of keeping it in your mind so mm. astrology is like obviously it's the 
the birth of, of astronomy. So there's a huge scientific and mathematical um, element to it. But at the same time, when we use it nowadays, we're using it for our personal self-expression to learn more about ourselves. And it's a metaphorical language. Like mm. it's basically a metaphorical language that enables us to understand different concepts in a, in a symbolic way and to sort of look at the world in this framework where you can say, okay, what are some things that we can focus on in this on this day or in mm. this season or this year. Mm. And for some reason, just as a research astrologer, I find it fascinating that these things, when you look at history or when you look at individual people and their charts, that it all makes sense. And maybe it's confirmation bias or maybe it's something else. But for me, it works. And that's mm. what matters. It's not like, how does it work? Is it magnetism? Is it, mm. you know, like, are, are there little like machine elves, like Terrence McKenna <laughs> said, you know, that are that are manipulating these, you know, is it like string theory? Yeah. I don't know, but it does seem to work. And that's what I like about it is that it does tell a beautiful story that enables you to think about life in all these different facets mm. and to focus on different things in life, different elements of life, different elements of, of the world at different times. Mm. Yeah, it could also be magic, but it yeah, still that's helps a, us. That's an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it still helps us to operate in a in a smooth and positive way. Um, and if it isn't, then it could give us more challenges, I guess. Yeah, in a, in a way. Yeah, but I like that. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that about wraps it up for Jupiter and Mars. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. Already, <laughs> this has been fantastic. Oh, thank you so much, Arlen. Thanks so for much for joining me. me. Yeah, and we'll definitely lovely. do this again soon. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together, then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got 
coaching for people who want to learn astrology and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from Starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.